0: Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells, and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Kiki Robinson is an artist, tarot reader, freaky star being, and psychic medium. She is queer, non-binary, and a practicing witch. She started building her professional healing practice in 2014 and is a co-creator of The Living Altar. She is a multidisciplinary artist and dancer, and her intention is to embody and channel the divine through her creations. She lives on occupied Duwamish land, also known as Seattle. Her altar is centered in sovereignty and is she is deeply committed to community healing and magical activism. So after that bio, you know why she's here and why I've just been obsessing over Kiki Robinson and her work for the last six months. So thank you for being here. I'm very honored to have you. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation and just being here in yeah, space with you today.
0: Amazing. You are the coolest. I was telling you before when I was reading your bio, it made me very emotional and I was trying to understand why. And it's just so much of what is in that is what I'm trying to do through my own work. And some of my mentors and healers always Mm -hmm. say my purpose here is a deeply spiritual one. And I tell my, I tell my clients I'm a witch all the time, but it's like masked yeah. with my marketing business, you know? So it's like yeah. in service to something greater, but I call it marketing. And so just hearing the fact that you just stand in all of that and that's it, you don't mask it. Like that's who you are is, is emotional to me because I still yeah. sometimes hide behind that layer, um, for whatever reason. So <laughs>
1: That's so real. I totally feel that. And what I will say is that it took me a while to get there because I've, I've had multiple, you know, different avenues of jobs that I've done. And I really like to think that we are always in our magic. Like we're never just leaving our magic at home. And so, you know, you know, living, um, and working as like a bartender, or like I was a dancer and like mm-hmm. having like multiple different jobs before I started my professional healing practice, you know, I like to think that I was still, you know, a witch and working my magic. And it was still impacting collective at
0: the time. Yeah, I love that. And I believe that too. And thank you for saying that. It's just so cool. Like I've even put in my Instagram bio sometimes, which, but then I'll take it out. So it's just, I'm still playing with that. And that's one thing I kind of wanted to jump in with. I have so many questions. I don't really know where to begin and would love to hear more of your journey. But before we jump into that, just the word, which It brings Mm -hmm. up so much for people and I think, you know, it's hard for me to really own it and I would love for you to just define it in your words and just unpack this like heaviness or stickiness we sort of attach to that word and why and Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, wow. I have a lot to say around the word witch and the archetype of witch, but I think what I'll start with is kind of the umbrella concept and the archetype of witch in society and pop culture is um, I see it as someone who embodies their magic in a deep way. And while there's so many different pathways of being a witch, I do see the role of witch in society as a disruptor. So we are portals through the veil. We're a bridge between the living and the other side, or, you know, through, the, through, um, you know, whether you identify with like mediumship, or, you know, just being someone who's a conduit, we pull the magic through the veil, and direct mm. it here in this time space reality. And oftentimes, you know, when we track how the archetype of witch has moved through pop culture or through society. Oftentimes, it's demonized, and I often see and recognize that witch has been scapegoated. You know, there's been so much history around, um, you know, witch hunts and um, persecution wound of of witchcraft, and you know, not only just in the European historical accounts of witchcraft. And also just naming that those were people that were herbalists, midwives, you know, (laughs) it was like anyone who lived outside of normative, organized religious culture, oftentimes demonized by Catholicism, but um, also through many other, um, you know, lineages of culture and backgrounds that idea of like someone who carries magic or someone who embodies magic is often seen as threatening and Mm -hmm. I think that we're in such a beautiful renaissance and like almost like a wave of um, reclaiming and a wave of coming into Um, a collective like healing around that concept of of witch and it's so interesting when you can really track it in pop culture like in the 90s when like the craft was popular like you know Sabrina the teenage witch and like charmed Um, it's like we're seeing those waves and then you know right now we're in another wave of that and it is it's exciting And it's also interesting because I do see it as a possibility of really inspiring people to connect to their own magic. And maybe some of that magic is that they feel disconnected from it or they don't know how to access it. Or, um, you know, it's maybe it's been lost in their uh, ancestral traditions because of assimilation. So It's kind of a ramble, but I I have a lot to share around this concept of witch and that archetype as well.
0: No, I think that that was so helpful and just, you know, really anchored us in this conversation today and what we're going to be, you know, just sort of owning and talking about because there's just so many layers and... Yeah. It's just really reading your bio, you know, started to give me pause and just think like, wow, she's really putting it out there. Like I'm a Reiki, yeah. I'm a Reiki master. I yeah. like do all the stuff and I've, I don't say it. And so, yeah. and yet yeah. I claim to be super authentic. So, but part mm. of me is also parts of this are sacred and the people who do work with me. So I like sort of just, you know, I can just, we can justify ourselves out of anything. So it's just really beautiful. And I think the work, like you said, we really are these bridges. And when you see the other side of the veil, you can't go back. Like we're here now (laughs) we can see it. And so now, and for so many of us, it's like how to actually harness that and, I have so many different directions in which this can go in because I also have this sort of fear, I think, of hearts. there's so many people out there stepping in and having these moments of, oh, I can touch that. And like, mm-hmm. are we prepared? Who's teaching us? Who's guiding yeah. us through these things? Like especially with Reiki, you really learn to set the stage. you protect yourself. and and I just sometimes I'm like, there's all these witches out there, willy-nilly you know, not recognizing how much power we really do have. So it's such a big, it's such a big concept. And I want to talk more about that, but before I get too far into the details, can we just back up and share with my audience a little bit of your journey? If they're just meeting you for the first time and whatever feels important to share, just sort of anchoring us in where you are today and what's going on in your world and how you got here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, where do I start? Um, so, I started my professional healing practice in 2014. Um, and before I started my professional healing practice, I I had a whole journey before mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, it really started I think when I was a teenager. And you know, even as a child, I was really connected to. The nature world and was very psychic and very intuitive, but um, because of you know some messaging around me, I really shut those aspects of myself down, like a lot of people do when they're they're told like it's weird or freaky or like you know not not chill. Um, But when I was in my late teens, I started to become very um, interested in tarot psychic development and so I would go to like the used bookstore like the library and get these like (laughs) old like psychic development books from like the 70s and you know yeah and uh started to work a little bit with tarot you know at the time it wasn't super cool you know and um you know, definitely got like a lot of um, you know, things that were said to me. But I kind of had a process with that over, you know, the following like five years. I kind of went in and out of it and just kind of developed, started to develop my own practice. Um and when I was in my mid-20s, I um it was like right before my Saturn return, I remember mm-hmm. I started to really feel the shadow of it and mm-hmm. I started to, you know, really work with tarot and ritual work and really deepen my magical practice. So I started integrating the tarot into spell work and, you know, my own personal ceremony. And then I started getting asked by friends to read cards for them. So it kind of just started to happen. Um, At the time I went to I went to school for fine art. So I'm a printmaker as well. And I'm also a dancer. So a lot of um, where I was channeling my magic Um, was through dance and through um, my art practice. And yeah, at that time, I was also reading, starting to read tarot for friends.
0: Um,
1: And then I just became obsessed (laughs) with like the world of psychic development on an even deeper level and started going through multiple different kind of trainings. And um, I went to a a metaphysical school in Georgia and did, you know, training around in-depth channeling and mediumship work. Um, and then I started getting really interested in uh, end-of-life care. So um, basically death midwifery. Um, I was mm-hmm. very much interested in um, those transitions of transformative um, death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. So I was like very enamored with like um just learning so much. And um yeah, just everything really started to deepen and I started to really go into a deep practice of like my own, my own relationship with my spirits and my own relationship with, um, my magic. And it just kind of took me on a ride. (laughs) Like, uh, I went to school here in Seattle. Um, it's called the school of traditional magic and it's, yeah, it's a, it was a three-year program and, I um, highly recommend to anyone who's interested in developing their relationship with magic. And mostly what I do now is um, my practice is centered in traditional magic, which is um, essentially folk magic. So a lot around connection to my ancestral um, lineages and really reclaiming that magic because so much of us, so many of us <laughs> have been disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so important to me mm-hmm. to also help other people do that. And um, I, yeah, just I'm very passionate about uh, supporting people in reconnecting to their ancestors and essentially their their magic because it's so connected to ancestral magic. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. I really really enjoy weaving spell work and ritual work into art so um, i am the co-creator of the living altar oracle deck which is an oracle deck and it's based off the witch's wheel and we also um, have a community ritual practice so we do ritual for community it's it's kind of this it's hard to describe because it's like this kind of entire multifaceted being at this point um mm-hmm. we create art and facilitate ceremony for collective um yeah so
0: that's kind of how i got here <laughs>
1: like um
0: it's incredible it's kind of no a it's such a, <laughs> but it's so you know it's like it was there all along and you just yeah. like went deeper and deeper and deeper and leaned further and further in and it's just none of this stuff, like you were saying, you still have to sort of choose it. And so as a kid, you were sort of like, we have these things, we have these, you know, um, one of my favorite teachers is like, we're all psychic, get over it. And, you know, like, it's not, it's how you um, lean in and, and where you get to take it. And it's just so beautiful and so in flow. And I'm just listening to you like, yeah, this is so epic. And the fact that, now you can heal and have a business. And for everybody listening, I think before I jump into my questions, selfishly, I have some for you. Um, one of the things that comes up for me a lot is, okay, We let's just assume for the rest of this you know, 30 minutes that you're listening that we're all 100% in we, the veil is thin. We know this, our ancestors are right there on the other side. Let's just, you know, hypothetically, if you're not with me, just for, for the sake of this conversation, I would love to know and hear from you, like Mm -hmm. why dive into the magic? Like I've, I've had some teachers say, Oh, you know, like don't mess with past lives or there's just so Mm -hmm. much, like we know it's there what is the, like, what is the most important thing or the, you know, something that feels important to share around why someone would want to peek under the veil and what kind of benefit for lack of a better word that could provide to somebody's life now? Yeah. So, um, You know, I think this really relates to kind
1: of what you were sharing around your work doing marketing. And it's really a lens that I like to come to this work with that, you know, maybe not everyone identifies with being a witch, but we can name that magic is our birthright that we have an inherent connection to our magic and our magic is living and breathing it is visceral it is what animates us it's our spirit it's our soul you know whatever you want to define it as i do see it as a it's a ripple through your life it's ripple through your community and collective and we are in such a collective shift right now that we really do need people to reconnect to their magic and, you know, reclaim their magic, whatever needs to happen, so that we can have spirit workers in every profession. You know, we're it's like everyone on board. <laughs> um, and I do see it as a choice because I believe in free will. um but when we are disconnected from our magic, it's like being disconnected from ourselves, essentially. And when we start to dive into the work around, okay, what is, what's in here? You know, it's like kind of opening a box. It's like Pandora's box a little mm-hmm. bit. And, you know, we can really show or like kind of see that there's been so much historical, trauma so much pain and so much of that is like wanting to be healed you know we can look through our lineages and say okay what are the patterns here what are what's the wounding here and we carry that we carry that in our body and we carry the memory of our ancestors and our blood and our bones so part of why I really like to you know support people in healing on an ancestral level is because there's you know, somewhat a lot there sometimes. And we can receive so much healing in that because so much of what we do carry in our like subconscious and how we kind of move through our life or maybe our, uh, our thought forms, our patterns are inherited. You know, um, I, I see it every day, you know, when I do healing work for people and readings for people that it's a bit of a, a disentangling, there's an unweaving that wants to happen. And when we go through the process of kind of unweaving everything, it opens the door for that beautiful, deep magic to come through. So it's like, you're almost like opening the tunnel. You're like, okay, like clear the tunnel, clear the rubble. Let's allow there to be an opening. And I will, I think curiosity is such a beautiful tool in this Mm -hmm. process that being curious allows there to be that opening that happens.
0: It's such a beautiful, I'm so glad to hear you say it that way. And I've healed so much through channeling and speaking with my, with my grandmother. And what's so beautiful is once I had that reading where I was able to connect with her now, I like know what her presence feels like. So sometimes you just need someone to guide Mm -hmm. you there and I'm like, Oh, that's her. Right. Like, and now we can communicate and now we can channel in the ancestral healing, like some of the messages I received that I have then passed on to family members, because that happens a lot once the channel's open, Hopefully. Like everyone has their messages. And it's so cool. Like one of my, I have a deep history with Catholicism in my family. I've been wow. disowned by my grandmother, who is still with us. And <laughs> I hate to even say this out loud, but part of me can't wait to connect with her once yeah. she's sort of on the other side. Cause there's so much we can heal then. And we, yeah. it's just not possible to do that in this realm. And I'm just so excited yeah. to be able to know that I can connect and continue to do this work for so long with her. But long story short is my, um, her brother had a, he was a priest, who actually left the priesthood. And before he passed away, I was on a call and a huge message came through a past relative for him. And I'm like, I don't even talk to that side of my family. I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to say. And then Uh I told my mom and she, of course, messaged them. And apparently this message, like, made him okay with dying. And it was like the most powerful thing ever. And anyway, it's just these messages, these lineages, it's so deep, it's so profound. And I love to hear you put it in those words. One thing that that, um, comes up a lot for me and I wanted to ask you about is this idea of protection. And mm-hmm. ever since mm-hmm. I've been able to, um, this is something you talk about a lot. That's really inspired me. And ever mm-hmm. since I learned about these different protection spells or rituals mm-hmm. that yeah, I just feel so much safer and I don't want to scare anyone, yeah. but I also would love for you to talk about the yeah. energies from social media, the internet, just all the energy and how we're being affected by it in just a way that's not fear-based, but an awareness that it's really there and we feel it all the time and what we can do about it and just sort of your take on it. From this sense of the I'll get a little bit more specific. From Mm. the sense of like we know that we're affected. Like I do cord cutting rituals all the time from like the people in my day-to-day life, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of energy that we can't necessarily see or feel that's touching us. And certain times it's just totally, I can, I can feel stuff on me for lack of a better way of saying it and how you speak to protection in that way, knowing what, you know, what feels important to really share around that. Yeah,
1: it's such a big part of uh, my work and I feel like I'm always yelling on the internet about it, (laughs) Um, but it's a lot of the the classes I teach and the workshops I teach are about um, psychic protection and energetic boundaries. Yes. (laughs) And the reason why I'm so, um, you know, passionate about it and why I promote it so much is because, first of all, we're not taught those skills. Those are not skills that are talked about when we're like growing up or even just in mainstream, you know, society. Um, And it's so foundational. I feel like there's such a foundational aspect to it. And, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning around this, um, you know, wave or renaissance of magic and witchcraft there, I am seeing a lot of people wanting to just like dive right in, like, let's go, you know? And I feel like, um, the reason why I talk about it so much in a way that is tied to foundations is because we, (laughs) we only know so much about what is on this, in this like physical realm. But when we start to go through the veil, it's, it's a whole world, you know, and there are spirits, there are entities, there's energy, we are constantly interacting with spirits, whether we know it or not, or, you know, depending on your cosmology, right? right. But We're constantly interacting with other people's psychic energy as well. So even just on a practical level, even if, you know, those who are listening aren't you know, engaging in witchcraft or magical practice, it's so supportive of our sovereignty, of our autonomy and our agency as well. It allows us to discern what our energy is and then maybe what someone else's energy is. Um, and I talk a lot about it, uh, regarding social media.
0: Yeah. I would love for you to share more. Yeah.
1: So, um, The internet right now is in its Saturn return, which I think is really interesting, and I feel like we're in this time where we're really trying to understand what is the internet, what is the internet here for. I what is our
0: purpose? Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. Internet
0: is having a dark night of the soul,
1: (laughs) a a moment, yeah. And you know, it it's interesting because I do see the internet and technology as having spirits so i see that the Mm -hmm. internet is a spirit i see that there are spirits of technology i actually don't see them as like negative by any means i actually see them as very neutral and it's the other energy that is woven into those um you know aspects of those grids or spirits whatever you want to call them that impact um that sense of like oh like technology is so negative like i i hear that a lot that like this kind of demonization of technology but um I think you know we're really exploring what is this realm of the internet it's a portal you know and we're interacting with so many different energies not only other peoples but we're also interacting with spirits as well Um, and it can get really dense you know at times it can get very convoluted we can even you know become corded to those spirits. We can become corded to, um, you know, other people through the internet. And I always advise to people to really do cord cuttings to your devices, do cord cuttings to those spirits. I have kind of a whole thing that I do around protecting the device. Like Mm -hmm. I have a process of like kind of creating protections around my my computer, my phone, that just creates a level of buffer and sovereignty that allows there to just be more ease. Because I think that the internet and technology are such amazing tools and realms for connection and community. And there's so much good that happens through those those platforms.
0: You know? I agree. I agree. It, I mean, I love technology. I'm one of these people that yeah. believe like the future to me is the intersection of humanity and technology. So like, <laughs> yes. how do we like how do we like that's what's happening. So like, let's lean in and let's play, kind of thing. Yeah. And so I am a huge like to me, it's the oneness, it's the connection. Like I yeah. see all of that. But I what I was very, I got in a place of fear when I listened to you speak about it one time, I put an evil eye in my bio. I want to like, I like immediately was like, I'm opening myself up because I do share so vulnerably. I do put myself out there to the energy coming back, especially some stuff. I don't even know, like a thought that somebody thinks about me. And so I don't want people to get too like paranoid about it. But the the high road of this is that there's something you can do. Like you can protect yourself, you can protect yeah. your energy. And one thing that you were saying about it being a choice to sort of unlock your magic or step into yeah. it, it's always there. It's just whether or not you're choosing to be conscious to it or not. So it's like yes. it's still sitting there with or without you tuning into it. And so if we do yeah. tune in, there's just so much protection and ritual. And, you know, when I call in my protectors, it's like, I say to myself, Oh, the homies are here. Like we're safe. And it mm-hmm. like really allows me to just feel safe. And I think at the end of the, at the end of the day, at the root of it, when it comes to witchcraft, when it comes to the veil, when it comes to, it's just this fear of not being safe. It's this fear of the unknown. And what is so funny is that when you do tune into it and when you do realize it, that it's so much, I feel so much safer, it's not scary to me at all. So anyway, yes. So yeah. And my next question was actually on cord cutting. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I learned to do this and it's been really profound and just the psychic ways in which we can communicate with people in our lives. I would love for you to share. And what's so beautiful about cord cutting and just, I've taken people to psychic court before and the next communication I have with them is totally different. Like it's really powerful. You can have a whole conversation and shift the energy with someone, something right in your head and then Mm -hmm. cutting the cord from it to me felt very harsh. You know, it felt like, you know, we don't need to like hack this cord, but it's, you know, a way of like bringing it back to ourselves. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about your practice of cord cutting, how often you do it, when to do it for somebody Mm -hmm. that's new to this practice and like, oh, I can do this. Like I can, you know, it's sort of this profound moment when you're like, oh, I can say goodbye to all of this, even just for the night or for an hour or for whatever, like I can just lovingly and gently release myself from this.
1: Yes. I love, I love talking about this. I was talking to another practitioner who does similar work that I do. And we were talking about how the topic and the realm of cord cutting is kind of this never ending like learning yeah. process, it's which such is a loop. it's so cool. Like I'm, I've been doing this work for a long time, and I'm still learning so much. And um, it, what I I think what I'll do is first define what a psychic and energetic cord is, because oftentimes people have questions about that. So, how I define a psychic and energetic cord is. Um, Basically, when we're in relationship with someone else, whether it be romantic, um, even business, you know, friendships, family, um, we create a psychic and ethereal energetic cords that create kind of a pathway to psychic communication, energetic communication. I will also name, too, that we have, we can have cords with spirits, ancestors, um, land Buildings, houses, as well as um, mm-hmm. syst- systems. So systems of oppression, mm-hmm. and um, so what can happen is it can it can get very complicated <laughs> and complex, and that's where I, I, I was saying it's a never-ending learning process. Um, but you know, I think that it's helpful to do inventories to kind of have a regular practice of. Okay, what chords are going on? You know, because Mm. chords are not necessarily bad. You know, we can have chords that are based in love, compassion, appreciation, trust, et cetera. But what happens is when chords become murky, when they become, you know, maybe. I'll just kind of give an example. Maybe you're in relationship with someone where there's a lot of maybe past wounding coming up, or maybe there's family dynamics that are surfacing within the relationship. And um, what can happen is those those family dynamics, or maybe it's even ancestral, begin to kind of start to cloud the cord. It begins to kind of become a little, um, you know, i guess murky is to okay what is mine what's what what's yours you know and that's nice. where it's helpful to start doing cor- i call it cord tending so mm. you're not necessarily doing cord cutting but you kind of just take inventory of okay what's what's going on in this cord you know curiosity <laughs> um okay you know what we can start to kind of clear this you know, maybe it's a chord that's based in codependency, or you know, some level of like an old family pattern. That's maybe you're just like working on breaking that, mm-hmm. and you can kind of do ritual. Um, how I I do it is through visualization. I do it mm-hmm. through elements. I do it through ritual work to kind of start to just create sovereignty with the chords. Um, I do cord tending every day, but the reason why I do that is because I have clients. I do lots of readings, and to me, it just isn't my practice to do cord tending every day. I also cut cords with people that are close to me in my life, so my you know my housemates my my partner, my close friends, I just do it for a reset because I think a lot of what's talked about on the internet is like, Oh, cut this toxic dynamic out of your life, you know, cut the the person out. (laughs) And it's not like that. It's like, we can do cord tending to just reset a
0: relationship. I'm so glad that you touched on that because energy is still energy. And so I think that's the thing that like, even if it's filling your cup and you love this person and you love this relationship, it's like, I cut the cord every day because I love you. Like I'm resetting us every day. It's like an act of love. And in my cord cutting ritual, they're thanking me actually for like, yeah, this like freedom to like be, and it it takes away the attachment, takes away the ego. And it's just like this beauty of the souls just freeing. And yeah. it's, I'm so glad you said that because even the, the people that we love the most take the most of our energy. That's okay. We love them, but it's still energy that we need to refill yeah. and get back. Like you said, it's neutral, you know, it's, it's not it's not necessarily positive. It's just this energy that needs to be reset. And it's such a powerful practice. And it's, it's healed me so much because we're so sensitive. Like I'm highly sensitive. I'm highly anxious. And for so long, I just didn't have the tools to use it to my advantage. So I was constantly seeing these gifts, my magic, my intuition, Mm -hmm. my full psychic power it felt like a burden. And now that I have these tools like cord cutting and yeah. I follow people who are talking so openly about these things that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so, it's just so important. It just brings me so much gratitude that you are putting this work out there in that way. And it sort of leads me to my final few questions with you, I could talk mm-hmm. to you forever. I'm literally booking sessions as soon as we hang up. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too selfish with my own questions right with you. And, but my thoughts and feelings around this are how now as a. Business, right? Because at first Mm -hmm. it's a hobby, it's something you're doing, something you're passionate about. But the energy of a business, I also believe, like you believe the internet, I believe our business has an energy. And I talk to my business, an authentic audience isn't me, I'm in service to her. And anyway, so that's my whole shtick on that. So when it becomes, or you get the intuitive hit or download to turn it into a business, we now have business responsibilities to make it successful, to create revenue, to create happy clients, to build relationships, all of these things that a business needs to thrive. And what was that sort of transition for you like? Um, I I know a lot of healers that are really like struggling in that space of, I know this is what I want to do, but there's so much inner conflict that comes up. And yeah, I would love for you to just talk about that transition of bringing your magic or healing. Into the world of business? Okay, where do I start?
1: <laughs> um, I love this question. So, thank you for asking. And I completely agree with you that I, I feel like our business has a spirit mm-hmm. and it's a facet of us and it's like a mirror, you know, and mm-hmm. that we're in part- partnership with totally. our business. And um, my journey has been pretty nonlinear. Um, And yeah, I started it back in 2014, but I was not doing it full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, in the beginning, I've all, I always had like other jobs. So I, I like bartended, I like worked as a caterer, I was um, a dancer and I um, always had like these multiple streams of hustles. And then I was always in person. So I always did in person work and Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until the pandemic happened that I moved my business completely. Online. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome. I I think I did like four (laughs) virtual readings before the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. So I did, um, (sighs) you know, a lot of just local you know, readings. Yeah. I had a space. I worked at an apothecary before the pandemic and it closed through the pandemic. So I was really just like forced to be fully online. Mm -hmm. And I also like lost all my other jobs. So um, I was like, okay, you know what, we're doing this. And this is a sign from my spirits that I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I made that commitment, it like completely catalyzed. As soon as I was like, okay, I'm all, I'm all in. It was like this moment, a very pivotal moment. So I was like, figured out all the technology part of it. Like I was like, okay, we're going to get everything set up. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just was in and, you know, it's been pretty cool and, uh, pretty wild, like just in this whole process. And I actually love Doing virtual work, yes. so I really yeah. learned. I learned so much in this process, and so I'm so grateful. I'm not grateful for the pandemic, but I'm grateful for the experience of mm-hmm. really kind of being forced to jump in. Um, because I'm actually decided not to move back to doing in person work. You know, only having exceptions around. I do a lot of events. I love doing events. My one of my favorite things to do is doing readings at special events and Mm. I love connecting with people in that way. And then I am now doing larger ceremonies. I just officiated a wedding last weekend. So I'm moving into doing like these bigger ceremonies, but um, you know, all my client work is virtual now. Um, All my classes are virtual and it's been such a growth process around doing all the logistical behind the scenes stuff, but I do see it as a form of magic. Like I have a lot of Virgo in my chart and I kind of love like that process of like, uh-huh. okay, getting everything in order, like making my list, you know, I'm uh-huh. um, doing all the behind the scenes admin stuff and people, my friends keep like, you know, encouraging me to get someone to help me but I'm like, actually really love doing it. And until I actually have to, I'm going to kind of keep doing the behind the scenes stuff. And then, you know, maybe that'll be like the next step, but yeah, um, it is
0: the next step. Yeah. I can tell you right now, because yeah. your zone of genius is not admin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, even be- though you love it and even <laughs> though you're good at it, It's not where you're like the deepest in flow and in service. And so that was something I had to delegate and let go of as I grew my business. And it's hard because I too love every aspect of my business. And it's beautiful because I've done every aspect of my business. So now I have this amazing team. And what's really cool about that is I hired people who that is their flow. That is their zone of genius. So they're better at that thing than I am. And it's just growth edges and like you're in just this massive transformation of bringing your business online. And it's so beautiful. And I would have never known just to reflect back to you that like the way your site works, I was looking at booking a session this morning and ordering the cards and it's like super intuitive, shocking, and, um, you know, really well designed and it just feels like you've, you've been there and, you'll just now have so much more access to people. Well, actually the opposite will have so much more access to your magic. And, and I just think that that's so important right now. Like I'm so obsessed with the work you're doing. Like I just can't oh. thank you enough for like making the commitment, putting yourself out there. Like it's one thing yeah. to do this. And then it's another thing to like really do this. And it's like, totally. it's, it's also in addition to, your clients and customers that will now find you and find healing through this work that you're offering. It's giving healers and witches and people like myself also like this, this opportunity to really say, Oh, I can do that. Like it's, it's leading the way, you know, for, for so many people, like you said, we're in this Renaissance that feel this and, and want to step into it in a real way. And so it's just, it's so powerful and I can't wait until our reading because so much came up for me and I'm like feeling so, so connected, you know, I've just been here. Um, before we end though, I have a few rapid fire questions just because this is where I get all of my best recommendations. So I would love to know what you're reading right now. Okay. I just got like four (laughs) books.
1: Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I got four new books that Mm -hmm. I like have not
0: started yet. Well, which one are you going to start first or which one should you start?
1: So, um, the book that I, so we have these little like free libraries in Seattle, Mm -hmm. like they're like neighborhood libraries. And I grabbed this book that was all, it was like a fictional story about, um, a mother Mary and that's someone I connect to my family.
0: I'm having, (laughs) I I just did the same thing with a book on mother Mary. Wow, that's, that's so, so cool! Weird. <laughs> I this is
1: embarrassing, but I actually can't remember the title of it because I just got them the other day. But I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a sign!" Because mm. I connect with her so deeply. My family, um, my ancestors. There's so much Catholicism in my ancestry, and a lot of it has been around just like reclaiming, you know, magic. But I still connect to the deities and you know the Amazing. iconography. Um, And yeah, that's probably the one I'm going to start with because it just felt like such a sign from my ancestors. I, I really asked for signs around Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, Le- to leave things in my path or to guide me to something that I need. So yeah, I'm probably going to start with that. I'll, I'll send you the title of the book when I, it's on my nightstand right now.
0: <laughs> no worries. I just like always get my best book recommendations from my class. So I like Natalia Benson also, she like always sent, like just drops so many books and they're all so good. So I'm just like, tell me what you're reading because it's, <laughs> Just yeah, possess. and that to me is my guide—is like to just tell me where to go next. Um, and that's that's beautiful. Thank you. My other question is, who's your favorite follow right now on Instagram? Oh, oh,
1: this is so hard. <laughs> um, I first
0: person who comes in.
1: Okay, the um first person that comes to mind is uh, I've actually been following them for. Oh, so long and I just I'm obsessed with their work is Edgar, Fabian and Frias and they're a witch and they do digital spells as well so I've been very inspired by their work and um, they're such an amazing artist and work very much in the technology like tech magic realm so highly recommend um, checking their page out. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Thank you. I am very excited for that. And lastly, I would love for you to just, um, whatever is either important to share and with channel prayer, anything, um, that's coming through at all for people who may be new to you Mm -hmm. and your prayer for them, whether they discover you on Instagram or through friends or like, what is the, what is the the prayer or the hope or the wish that you have for people coming into your space, finding you on their journey? The first thought that comes to
1: mind is that i hope and desire to um, impact collective community and people in a way that inspires their own curiosity, their own seeking of their magic, their healing, um, and a deepening of their practice. And, um, yeah, so much of what I hope for in collective is change. And we're in such a a uh, tumultuous, but also beautiful moment um, and a pivotal moment in this world and collective that I you know do hope that I inspire folks to um, really connect to their magic in a way that they feel inspired to be in their own communities and their own, you know circles that can also create change and ripples and you know, waves that um you know, will be impactful and gentle and also to, you know, for all of us to come to a space of deeper connection and
0: sovereignty. Mm, I love how much you talk about sovereignty. It just is so, yeah, everything you're saying, I'm just so here for it. And I would love to have you back and I want to do more work with you one-on-one. So I really can, Yeah. you know, get the, get the best out of this experience and then bring it back to the audience. But I love having guests back. Um, It's just such a cool thing to check back in. And every time we talk and connect, it's just, you know, a totally different experience. And this to me feels like we just barely got the time to scratch the surface of (laughs) where we can go and what we can talk about and healing that can happen. And this podcast for me is like, I see these gifts and these incredible things that are healing and growing. And I'm like, okay, how can I take that and like bring that and just keep spreading it yeah. and and healing and growing? And each episode is just like a therapy session for me. I mean, it's you said something. I'm yeah. like, you're Definitely psychic because you're talking to my soul. Um, uh, so, how can people uh, find you? Give us all the calls to action. Like, I'm I'm feeling like people are like searching Peaky Robinson yeah. right now on Instagram, and it's not popping up. So, tell us all the calls to action.
1: So my Instagram is the main Instagram is the main platform that I use right now. Um, and my Instagram is opulent witch. Um, so that is my business name is opulent witch healing arts. Um, my Oracle deck that I co-created with my uh, business partner and co-creator is the living altar. And so my website is opulentwitch.com, And then uh, it also links to the Oracle deck site, um, which also has all the information on like community ritual work and mm-hmm. art shows and all the different events that we have coming up. And then and I the also... a
0: Patreon too. Yeah, I have a
1: Patreon um, that I lead group classes as well as group healings through via Zoom. Um, oh, wow. And that can be found on... Patreon. Uh, I think it's Kiki Robinson. So, um, I can send the link, but uh, no, no,
0: we will, we will get all the links. The actual best link to use is your link in bio because it has everything called out. So if you just head to her IG and click on that Mm -hmm, link, you can see mm -hmm. all of her offerings. She's doing a great job with her marketing. She's super organized, clear call to actions, specific (laughs) offerings, easy to find everything. That's why I'm truly so surprised. Um, that you're new to the online space because so many of those like basic, like check, 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 like you're doing the thing. So just to reflect that to you, it's amazing. The online presence that you've built and I'm here to support. I'm in your corner and just thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was such a inspiring conversation and I'm, such a nerd about magic. So I'm down to, you know, come back on and talk more and yeah, this was so wonderful.
0: Please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. to everybody listening, as always, you're can't do this without you. And I'm so, so, so grateful for this community. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And until next time, keep Mm -hmm. going.